Welcome to WE Kiwi, where friends come in all sizes, shapes, and species. And now a book of why. This title, Why Do Geese Fly South for the Winter? WE sat on the couch with his niece and nephew, JW and AJ Kiwi. Outside, rain battered the windows and thunder rolled in. They sat waiting for the lightning to hit, then bang! It came lighting up the whole living room. WE knew that his little friends wouldn't be able to go to bed anytime soon. Both of them had been staying for two nights as their parents had been away at a wedding. The wedding was for adults only and WE didn't mind stepping in and having them stay. As he looked at the couch, he had an idea. WE jumped up. Come on kids, let's make a cushion den like a bear. Both the children looked at each other. AJ scratched his head. What's that? WE took the cushions from under their bums and put them on the floor. He ran into his bedroom and took the duvet off his bed. The children were still lost at what he was doing. Come on kids, under the duvet, WE shouted. With the cushions on the floor, and the duvet covering over them from the couch, they sat together. Both children giggled, wondering what was going to happen next. Now kids, do you know why a den is important for bears? W.E. asked. J.W. smiled. Yes, it's where they go to hibernate for the winter. Exactly, but it's also where geese found out why they need to fly south for the winter. Really? But why? AJ chuckled. W.E. leaned back. Are you ready for a story of a strange friendship that lasted many years? Both little Kiwi nodded and snuggled in. A long, long time ago lived a gigantic bear. He lived in the forest by himself. His fur was brown, thick and hard. He had piercing yellow eyes, yet only one ear. On one paw was only two fingers, his other paw only three. So neither of them had five like the average brown bear. His teeth stuck out from the top of his lips sideways, and his belly had patches of fur missing. All of these differences meant other animals would make fun of him. He was tired of all the mean names animals would call him, so he would go out fishing when the sun was either coming up or going down. That way, he wouldn't meet any of the other animals. The poor lonely bear didn't have any friends. In his den, he had many books and spent the winter snuggled up reading. This was a strange activity for brown bears, as they mostly liked to sleep through the winters in hibernation. One autumn, as the trees' leaves started changing colour from green to orange, the brown bear started getting his den ready for winter. He found some soft moss for the floor to sleep on, and thick branches to barricade up the door. Strolling to the store, he kept reminding himself what he needed for his hibernation. Books, candles and matches. Books, candles, matches. The bear kept repeating. When he got to the store, he didn't say anything except books, candles, and matches. 
After he said that three times, he was sure the beaver behind the counter knew exactly what he needed. With his paws full, he made his way back to his den. He couldn't hide his smile, as he found a book on how beavers made dams, and that's what he might try in the summer, to surprise the store's owner. He ambled back along, when something from under a fern caught his eye. It was magically bright white and glistening. Thinking one of the mean animals was trying to play a trick on him, he looked around. He paused for a little longer and scanned around the trees. There wasn't anyone there. He crept forward, sniffing to see if he could pick up on any smells. As he got closer, he could see it was an egg. It must have been laid recently as it was warm to touch. Ever so gently, the bear called out to see where its mother was. Hello? 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 I think you've lost your egg. The gigantic bear was met with nothing but silence, only broken by a bee buzzing by. If he left the egg in the forest, it would certainly freeze come the winter time, so he took it home. In his den, he placed the egg on a blanket of moss. He closed up the doorway and put his new books on the shelf. As the bear lay down, he looked at the egg, thinking the poor egg still might get cold in his dead during the long winter nights. He snuggled the egg deep into his fur. He happily drifted off to sleep. Snow fell outside the den of the bear, but inside he was warm and dry. Every few days he would wake up and stretch. The egg stayed tenderly under the bear's belly. Some days, the bear would read his books out loud, thinking the chicken side might be able to hear him. The stories he read could help the egg learn very quickly. One morning, the bear stretched and realized the egg was no longer under his fur. In a blind panic, he lit a candle and searched for the egg. It was nowhere to be seen. Slumping downhearted on the floor, the bear thought the egg must have been squashed under his weight. It must have melted into the floor. He sighed. Oh dear, oh dear. From behind him he heard, Oh dear, oh dear. The bear nearly jumped out of his fur with fright. Coming around his belly was a yellow baby bird. It had a long neck with a black beak, chubby belly and black webbed feet. It sighed, sniffed the bear's paw, then nestled into his fur. Tired, tired, time for a sleep, the bird mumbled. The brown bear was still in shock, as the baby bird was minute next to him, yet seemed comfortable in his fur. He didn't know what to say or do, so just patted the bird on his head and whispered, Have a nap, little friend. Outside, the winter wind was bitingly cold, so the little bird wouldn't survive if he went out in it. Then the bear had an idea. With a candle and some of the wood, he could make a small fire for the bird to sit by. Poking a small hole in the roof would let the smoke out. Over the fire in a teapot, he could cook some moss with water and dried fish for when the baby bird woke up. For the next month, the bear would cook for his new friend and slowly read to him. The most unlikely of friends grew close and enjoyed each other's company. 
The bear would check to see if the snow had melted every morning, till one day he saw water coming from under the door. I had better make sure it's safe, little friend, the bear smiled. Taking wood from the doorway, the bear saw the ice and snow was melting away. He turned to the baby bird. Come on, friend, let me show you the forest. Out of the den they went. As they did, the bear turned to the baby bird. I don't have a name for you. I think I will call you Ryan, as my name is Tymon. Ryan and Tymon, best of friends. Tymon shook his wings. Yes, that's splendid. I'm Ryan. Now show me the world and what I have to look forward to. For the whole spring and summer, Ryan and Tymon were totally inseparable. Tymon showed Ryan the river he liked to fish by. They both would devour salmon and drink from the cold glacial waters running from the mountains. When the spring flowers were in bloom, Ryan had terrible allergies. His eyes would puff up red and his beak ooze with green snot. This was very unpleasant, so Tymon took him back to the den to help him feel better. Ryan's yellow baby feathers were given away to black and brown adult feathers. As they sat in the den, Ryan asked, So what happens when the summer is over? I see my feathers are changing to a big bird's now. Tymon thought for a moment, as how would Ryan survive in the den all winter? Ryan was growing very fast and he would surely get bored. He might not sleep for days like Tymon. That's a very good question, Ryan. I wonder why you were left here as a little egg. I know why. It was after someone thought you needed a friend, and here I am. I guess you could say the world moves in mysterious ways, Tymon. Hmm, very mysterious ways. But you must fly away for the winter, finding new friends and more food. My fur and belly can last a winter. I'm not sure a growing bird like you can. Ryan paused looking at Tymon. But I need to be near my new friend. Yes, yes you do. But you can always come back and maybe you make new friends. I don't have any friends. All the animals make fun of the way I look. Ryan's face turned red with anger, thinking of how the animals have been so cruel. Suddenly, out of his beak came a honk. It startled both of them. Oh, oh, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's my new warning cry. Ryan shook his wings, thinking of the mean animals. If, if I meet any of those animals who don't want to be friends with you, I'll give them a piece of my wing. Hyman smiled and put his arms around Ryan. Well, talking of wings, let's see if you can fly. This could be fun. Come on up the hill. On top of the hill, Ryan and Tymon stood. The wind was starting to pick up as the morning sun rose. Ryan spread his wings wide. Tymon offered words of support. I've never flown before, but I guess just run downhill flapping. Let the wind take you up. I believe in you, Ryan. 
Brian shook his wings one last time. His eyes focused ahead, his feet stretching, ready to go. With a deep breath, he started running downhill. Ryan felt the wind under his flapping wings. He jumped confidently into the air and... Oof, he rolled downhill, landing in the dirt. Timon came running down, hoping Ryan wasn't hurt. There in the dirt, Ryan was giggling away. Well, nearly there. But it felt so wonderful. What? What did Ryan? Timon asked. The wind flowing through the feathers in my wings. How splendid! Let me try again. Ryan ran back up the hill, and before Timon got near him, he was off again. This time, he flew down to the trees out of sight. Timon started to worry when he couldn't see him. Waiting, his heart rate increased every minute, worried Ryan might be hurt. He needn't worry as he heard Ryan giggling off in the distance. From behind him, up flew Ryan. He circled in the sky and came down with a thud next to Timon. Well, that landing needs some work. What an amazing feeling! Thank you, Timon, for believing in me. I think this is why I picked up this so quickly. Some precious words of encouragement. Now, let me have another go. For the rest of the day, Ryan flew through the valley practicing. Timon sat on the hill, grinning at how his new friend, in such a short time, was able to fly. That night, Timon and Ryan sat by a fire next to the river. They laughed remembering the first practice run and how Ryan was so keen to learn to fly. With a hint of sadness, Timon knew Ryan had better go find somewhere warm to spend the winter. But where would he go? Ryan, I wonder about where you might find warm weather in the winter. What if it's cold everywhere? I know, but let me start watching from atop the redwood tree where the snow starts coming from. Then I might be able to find my bearings and what might be the right direction. Oh, what a great idea. I can even climb the redwood. They are big enough for a fuller-figured bear like me, you know. For the next week, every morning, Timon and Ryan sat atop the largest redwood tree, looking out into the horizon for the snow to appear. One morning they looked and could see a dusting of snow had landed high on the mountain range to the north. Timon sighed as he knew the winter would soon be upon the forest. Timon climbed down and headed to his den. Ryan followed, flying above. Ryan flew down, stopping Timon as he was about to go into his den. Don't be sad, Timon, as I shall fly in the opposite direction and then do the same when the summer is over and come back to you. I shall find a warm place and then sit up high upon a tree, waiting for the snow to melt. We shall have the most splendid of summers once again, once I'm back. Timon knew that was the way they would have to spend their winters, apart from each other. That's fine, my friend. We have many more summers together. Now let's see if I can make you some soup for dinner and you rest your wings. The next morning, with a heavy heart, Timon waved goodbye to Ryan. Ryan swooped over the valley 
that flew out off south searching for a nice warm spot for the winter. Timon went into his den and again prepared for winter. He went back to the store but this time gave some books back so the other animals could read them. Timon reminded himself for new candles, matches and maybe a little pot of honey as a treat. As Timon prepared to hibernate, he offered a little prayer to the gods of the stars that Ryan is safe and meets new friends on his journey. The winter's long months faded away and spring was welcomed by new daffodils and honeybees. Timon stood by the river waiting for the salmon to pass by so he could catch some lunch. His belly rumbled as it had been a long harsh winter. Timon saw a salmon and was about to catch it when a familiar sound came overhead. Catch it, Timon! Catch it! I need some lunch! I'm famished! Ryan came down, once again with a thud, next to Timon. I still haven't mastered the art of landing, Timon. Might be the way I hold my bum down, but hey-ho, away we go! Timon wrapped his arms around Ryan. He squeezed him tightly, delighted he had returned. Now let's go fishing, and after lunch, I want to hear all about your travels. For the whole spring and summer, Ryan told Timon about what he found flying south. He spoke of the crocodiles in the river that tried to eat him, mosquitoes the size of his toes, and the other birds he met. A new buddy, a porcupine named Frederick, helped him find the best spots to make a pot of tea. He had some tremendous fun, but missed his best friend and wished he could take him with him. Ryan had flown for 10 days to reach somewhere without snow, so it would be too far for Timon to travel. That summer was the best summer they had, spending it fishing, reading and catching salmon together. As the sun slowly grew less during the day, the winds cooled. With a hearty hug, it was time for Ryan to set himself off for his trip south. He waved goodbye to Timon overhead, and then off he flew. Timon spent the winter hid in his den. This time, as his bones were growing weary, he slept solidly through the winter, not even reading one book. In the spring, Timon sat by the river, looking up waiting for Ryan. But Ryan didn't return. The spring turned into summer, and Timon became depressed. Timon moped back to his den. Perhaps he would try and read a book, but his mind was restless. As he got closer to his den, there was an almighty <laughs> din coming from inside. There were cries of laughter and a familiar voice cried out, Be quiet, you'll be here soon. As Timon came in through the door, feathers flew around him. They jumped on him, around him. Now he was in shock. Ryan gave a cheer. Surprise, Timon! Welcome to my new family! Sorry I couldn't be here sooner, but the kids couldn't fly very far in one go. In his den stood three goslings, and in the corner with a smile was a lady goose. I must introduce you to my lovely Francesca. I kept her secret, as I wanted this to be a surprise. Francesca bowed in front of Timon. I've heard so many wonderful things about you. Timon shied away, thinking he might scare the children and Francesca with his strange features. Ryan whispered in Timon's ear, You are family, Timon. There is nothing to be ashamed about. 
You saved me. Paimon opened his arms out wide and the whole family gave him a splendid goose hug. The children ran outside with Timon following, off to find salmon and drink from the river. This became a regular occurrence all summer. For many years, every spring the family would fly to see Timon, then head south for the winter. The family of geese grew and grew every year till Timon had to concentrate to remember everyone's name. Timon reveled in all the love his new friends gave him. Other animals started to join the crowd by the river, singing songs and finally realised what a wonderful bear Timon was. The geese knew they must always come back forever and ever to play in the lakes and rivers with Timon. One spring, Ryan swooped down to the river, but Timon wasn't there. He ran through the forest to the beaver's shop, thinking maybe he was there for supplies. The beaver hadn't seen Timon all spring. Ryan's heart sank. He ran to the den with tears flowing, hoping Timon would meet him. There in his den lay Timon. A book on his chest slumped against the wall. Timon had passed away reading in the winter. For the next week, all the animals paid tribute to the wonderful bear who saved a little egg. By the river, they sang and danced in his memory. The geese had now numbered in their hundreds, flying north to the forest. It must have been a lucky chance for Timon to stumble over the mysterious egg in the forest. But many geese saw it as a sign on how true friends can start from the most peculiar of circumstances. Ryan decided they should always fly in the shape of a Y, with him leading from the front, always to remember the friendship of Timon and Ryan, a bond that would never be broken. When Ryan was finally put to rest in his old age, the flying Y turned into a flying V. The geese still always flew south, leaving the harsh winter behind, but returning in the spring to pay tribute to Timon the loving, gentle bear. The end. And that, children, is why geese fly south for the winter. W.E. looked down. A.J. was fast asleep, but J.W. was still wide awake. W.E. leaned back into the cushions. Well, J.W., why don't we sleep here for the night, like Timon in his den? J.W. nodded, and nestled under W.E.'s wing. A.J. let out a little grunt, and he too got more comfortable. W.E. grinned. Now we must remember no matter what someone looks like, they can always be your friend, even if they let out little grunts. W.E. turned off the light, and for that night, the three Kiwi slept like hibernating bears in a den. The End Thanks for listening and following along to WE Kiwi. We'll see you real soon. And don't forget, like and subscribe to become one of our team.